Hello and welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And after a couple of close and exciting one possession conference championship games, we have our two Super Bowl teams. And although it is tempting to look ahead to this Super Bowl rematch, we must first reflect on what was a tumultuous and exciting season of NFL football. But even before that, we must break down what were two amazingly exciting conference championship games. And we will start in the AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens. And what were your thoughts after watching this one? Well, I, I think certainly, first of all, I'd uh, just like to say, again, just like amazing job by the Chiefs to be able to come back and do what they've done this year. Just the continued playoff success is absolutely insane. Like we talked about the six conference championships, all of that. And their defense really coming to play very well this week. But on the flip side, I find myself more frustrated with what Baltimore did. It was like Baltimore went away from what their game really was. As they've made their hay on running the ball really well this season, and they got away from it. And then people are saying, like, they changed the script or whatever. Like, I don't find that's the case. Like, this never got, like, so far out where you had to pass every time. That was a choice. That's something Baltimore wanted to do. They could have kept on the ground to try and keep drives alive and do what they do best, but they didn't. They let the Chiefs take them out of what they do good, and they passed it way too much, and it cost them their season. Yeah, 100%. Looking at these Baltimore Ravens, running backs only getting three carries each between Hill and Edwards and they just really never even initiated or attempted to initiate the running game at all in this game and it felt like they when the Chiefs went down and scored two touchdowns it felt like the Ravens were just terrified at that point that the game was going to get away from them when in reality they should have trusted their defense I mean their defense did a fairly good job in this game and holding to the Chiefs to very low point total only 17 points and after that first half the defense shut them down like, if you're the Ravens, you're going into halftime only down by 10 points. Like, you got to be feeling like, okay, this is our chance to now come out in the second half and just get back to what we've been doing well. But instead, they just kept trying to, it seemed like they were just trying to play desperation football, acting like this was a high-scoring shootout, when in fact it was all signs were pointing towards a low-scoring grudge match, which is what it ended up being. And it was just, if you were a Ravens fan, I I imagine it must have been very frustrating to watch what was the best rushing team in the league completely go away from that. Yeah, I mean, like, for Jackson, not even to have more design runs is crazy. But, like, this this loss, I can pin squarely on the offense for them. Because if going into this game, like, I'd sign on the dotted line to hold the Chiefs to 17 points. Like, absolutely. Like, wouldn't you? Yeah. So... Like, to know what that defense did and the offense not to come through is just so disappointing for them. Like, to have the MVP quarterback, to have a stable of wide receivers and weapons like they do, and just not be able to get it done. Your defense held Patrick Mahomes to three points across eight drives after those first two touchdown drives. Like, that is very good. Yes. But the Chiefs defense was even better. Yeah, the Chiefs defense, speaking of which, they have been maybe the best in the league, kind of more of an underrated one. I know we look at, like, the Niners, which have been weakened in the past few weeks, and, like, the Ravens and the Browns, we all talked about. Those are amazing defenses. The Chiefs are incredible. They haven't allowed a single 30-point performance this year. And in the last few weeks here, starting from week 14, they have not allowed more than seven points in the entire second half. You look at week 14, six points allowed in the second half. Week 15, seven, 16 was three 
Week 17 was 0. Week 18 was 6. The wildcard round, 0. Divisional round, 7. And now this game, 3. So this team just, this defense clamps down in the second half. And as long as they're able to get out to some sort of lead in the first half, it's as sure a bet as any that they're going to be able to close out the game. That's exactly what they did. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think Kansas City really carried the game for them. But Patrick Mahomes, he delivered that kill shot. And boy, that was just gorgeous. Like it was yes. absolutely perfect. That that was your Mahomes moment. Like he he managed the game perfectly. I think he's done a really good job of that this year. Just like doing what he has to do and taking it. He's gotten really good at that. But he really delivered that kill shot when he needed it. Yeah, and this one reminds me so much. This game and really this whole season from the Chiefs, especially the playoffs, reminds me of the Patriots teams with Tom Brady. When it looked like okay, the receivers aren't the best. Our defense is really good. And, you know, we're just not going to sling it around like some other teams are going to do. We're just we're going to play to the strength of our team. And we're going to trust in our run game, trust in our defense, and trust in our quarterback to make those key plays at the key moments. And that's just for so long is what we saw the Patriots do. Like Tom Brady was not one of these guys that was consistently, you know, throwing for a million yards and 45 touchdowns every year. He was kind of the guy that just was so frustrating every single year because you would see them in the playoffs, you'd see them in the Super Bowl, and it always felt you could beat them, but you they just they were unbeatable because they would just come up clutch when it mattered the most. And that's really what I have liked to see from Patrick Mahomes this year. I mean, we all know how talented Mahomes is. We all know how good that he he can be, and absolutely he can burn you for 300 yards and four touchdowns. But this season, he hasn't really needed to do that. And he's just playing, playing very complimentary football, which I really like to see. Yeah, I think at times it's definitely looked harder for him. And it looks like he couldn't do that at certain times, but he's shown that he can. I mean, absolutely, he still can do that. And when his wide receivers come through for him, or he's able to target the guys that he knows work through, when he's able to really focus in on targeting Rice and targeting Kelsey, and maybe you don't get the drops from Valdez Scanlane. Yeah. Like, you're still elite, absolutely. you still got your top 10 offense. It's not maybe top three, but you still absolutely got a top 10 offense. Yes. And I really want to, like, shout out to these receivers, especially Valdez Scantling, who has had a very just bad year, very rough year. But in this game, he really stepped up, making two big catches, and most notably that last one for to seal the game. And even Rasheed Rice was, you know, he's obviously had a pretty good year. Coming up big in the clutch in this one. And Kelsey, I mean, what a game from him. Perfect game with 11 catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. Mahomes not even missing anytime he threw to him. So, yeah, just the best players on the Chiefs coming through. And even the players that were liabilities, like Vela Scantling, seeming to be playing better now. So, yeah, that's why the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Their best players were able to pull up some of the weaker players. And now they're all playing to that Super Bowl standard. Absolutely. And for the Ravens, it's like, man, this was your year. Like, this was the year that the Chiefs' offense wasn't as high-flying as they were before. And you have the one seed in the bye, and you're at home. And it's just it kind of was like what we said about the Bills last year, uh, last week, was that you got the Chiefs at home. You got them when they're you know not as offensively strong as they used to be, and you just you couldn't come through. Yeah, like, it's just so frustrating for Baltimore to be in that spot. And... Just so many teams in the AFC picture in general to be like, you've just run into like the brick wall of Kansas City yet again. Yeah, uh, like an AFC load with quarterbacks is just insane. That like just one continues to come out on top. Yes, and I think it's really it's hard to take anything good away from this Ravens loss to the Chiefs, but I think you have to take a step back and look at the season as a whole. 
And this was a year where Lamar was coming back, you know, off a new contract. Some players don't always play well the first year of their new contract, but he had one of his best seasons, probably going to win the MVP. I really liked, and I think we both liked the growth that he showed with under Todd Munkin, only the first year under that offense. So I think they're they're going to have an opportunity to develop their players even more, maybe get some more weapons and look to reload next year. So I'm not down on the Ravens for next year, but it definitely is disappointing that they weren't able to get it done this year. For sure. And from there, we go on to the NFC Championship game, which saw the 49ers barely edge the Detroit Lions by a score of 34-31. to And what were your thoughts from this one? This was certainly a tale of two games. One where the Lions came out with just a roaring start, and everything just seemed to be going right for them for quite some time. But I think ultimately that we knew, or I certainly felt that the 49ers were never out of it. Actually, I placed some in-game bets on 49ers money line once it got started to get like multiple score leads for the Lions, and you certainly saw that momentum turn like in just quick of a flash. Like this is the momentum game. Say if you want to believe in momentum, this was the momentum game. Yes. <laughs> when you see a moment like the the Ayuk 51 yard reception where it bounces off the receiver's helmet, like it's how unlucky for Detroit, but. You could feel the swing of momentum in that stadium at that moment, and like it felt like the game was already over at that point, and like it, that's kind of what came to be. Like the score even ended up being closer than it really felt at the end. Yeah. Oh, definitely. When Detroit came down with it last drive, which have some comments on that, but yeah, that that bounce helmet catch thing for Ayuk that really felt like that sucked the air out of all the Detroit fans' lungs there, and it really just felt like it was going to go downhill from there. Um, for the 49ers, I think this wasn't even their best game. Like They looked very shaky, especially in the first half. And like you said, it took some some miracles for them to you know gain their composure and come back. So in a way, it's kind of weird to me. Like It's kind of perplexing because in a way, I want that to be a concern. Like, oh, they looked kind of vulnerable. But also in a way, it's kind of like encouraging to some degree because we what do we say about like the Shanahan teams? They're not able to come back. They're not resilient. But the last couple of weeks, they've been punched in the mouth, and they were able to come back. So it's kind of like that concerns me, while at the same time, it kind of encourages me. Yeah, I think absolutely. Like, I'm on the same boat as you with that. They've shown now that they can do everything. Like, I've been on that point for, like, weeks and weeks here about the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So like, their resume has everything that you want. Like, they've beaten all the teams. They've got the blowouts. They've got everything. And maybe that was your one thing, that they can't come back. They've done that twice now. Yeah. And now I'm watching Purdy, and... Like, he had the rushing ability that he's never shown before, like 50 yards on the ground. And you're watching some of those throws where he's a physical quarterback. Like, he'll sit in there in the pocket and just get slammed. You see that multiple times in this Detroit game here where he sat in there, took a huge hit, and dialed in that ball. And, like, that's something I really like for them. Like, Purdy can step up to the challenge and really do what has to has to be done. Like, there's certainly some times where his decision-making can be questionable, but I think overall, like, I really do like the game that Brock Purdy is. He's, like, he's definitely more than a, just a game manager, if anybody still actually thinks that. He's a very good quarterback. Yeah, and I really, like you said, he takes risks, too. Like, he's not, like, he knows, I think, when his team needs, he, has, he does a great job of feeling the momentum of the game. Like, okay, we need a shot, let me go take a shot. Like, okay, it's time for me to play it safe, let me play it safe. And I think that's why people said he was a game manager, because the Niners are so good that really all year, he kind of didn't really need to take those shots. He just, he needed to play it safe, because they were just that good. They were always out to a lead. So you never really got to see him under duress and in those situations where he needs to take those shots. But I think we've seen that through the last couple of playoff games from him. 
And for the Lions, I thought this was a very good, obviously a very good first half. I was so excited when the Lions got out to a 24-7 lead. I thought we were going to have you know, a Lions-Chiefs Super Bowl, which would have been an awesome rematch of week one. But we knew that the 49ers were not going to just completely die going into the second half. And I just didn't expect Detroit to collapse like that. Regarding Dan Campbell's decision-making, I actually liked both times that he went for fourth down. And it feels like one of these things where we can't criticize Dan Campbell's decision making like in this game because we've complimented it throughout the year. Like this is what got them to this place. This is who they are. This is their identity. And for us to just now criticize it because it didn't work out, which is so hip hypocritical. And it's just like he's he's succeeded the most of any uh, coach in the league on fourth downs. 17 conversions on 20 attempts throughout the year. It's 85%. And so it's like the odds say that he was going to get those, at least one of them, and he didn't. So I can't really knock him for that. Oh, absolutely. I'm 100% in that boat with you again. And like The only decision that Campbell made that I really have an issue with was from that final drive yep. where on that third and goal, they run the ball. Like after the the first and goal, like I said out loud to my family as I'm in the rooms, like, you cannot run the ball. Can't you cannot. Because if you get stopped, they, that was exactly what they did. They used a timeout. Either you're letting the clock run way too much or you're taking that timeout. And sure enough, they run the ball, they get stuff, they take the timeout. You still get the touchdown in the fourth, but then you go in, like you got the stop. You got the third down stop. If you had that timeout, they could have they would have punted the ball back to you. Yeah. But because of that decision, like the game was over already. Yeah. And anytime you rely on an offen- or off onside kick, the game's over. Like it's as good as over if you're saying, "Okay, now we get that." No. It's over. You can't get an onside kick in this league. It's, it is such a low chance. So you just you have to consider it as, okay, this game is over if we have to resort to that play. And, like, he made a double whammy decision. It's like when you're in that spot, like, one, just don't run the ball at all. Just don't run the ball, like you said. 100% agree with that. But, two, if you do run it, which is dumb, don't call the timeout. Like, even 30 seconds with three timeouts is better than, like, you know, a, a minute with two because now the Niners, at least you have some shot of like maybe you stop the Niners on first, second, third down. They still have to punt it to you and you probably have time for just like that, the punt return. But at least you have that. But he did the double whammy. He ran it and he called the timeout. Like I would have even been better with the second they got into field goal range, just kick the field goal right then. Right. Now you have way more time to, yeah, now you have to score a touchdown, but you have a lot of time to do it. So for me, he just completely messed up that last drive. But to be honest, it felt like they shouldn't have even been in the game at that point. Yeah, yeah. Going back to that, I agree with that as well. They would really let the game slip out of their hands. Yeah. And but I don't know if you saw that Campbell press conference, but I really loved what some of what he had to say afterwards. Were talking about he said that we had to make the the most of it, and we didn't. We let things slip away, and you never know when you're going to get back in this chance, have this chance again to go for the Super Bowl. Because I think there's a lot of teams, like, it's like almost every year there's that team that, like, makes the, the championship game, and it's like, oh, we'll be back, and they never do. They never do. Like, as good as Detroit looks, they might never get back to this. This may be their best chance. Like, they could absolutely be back next year and make the Super Bowl. Like, we don't know. But I just think that was, like, a really good point by Campbell, because coaches don't say that. Like, he's not somebody that has coach speak. I always really like that about him. Like, he's real in his press conferences. Like, he makes good decision makings. Like, I don't know how you can't root for Campbell in Detroit. I'm just a really likable guy, in my opinion. Yeah, I did. That, that was a great press conference. I mean, as great as it could get from a guy who just saw his season, the magical season, just end like that. 
And I think this was like it was kind of an overexceeding season for Detroit. I mean, they missed the playoffs last year, and now here they are, first division title in a while, first playoff game like win in thirty years, making the conference championship. But on the other side, like you said, you never know when you're going to be bad, and the, and the teams in the NFC are just going to be getting better. I mean, Green Bay now that looks like that's going to be a dogfight. I think next year for the division, so the division's not guaranteed for you. And Jared Goff having a great year this year, he's going to be able to replicate that. You just don't know. There's so many factors. But I think that it really is, you just got to keep doing it. Everybody loves the good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. And the Clown of the Week for this week is Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers. So in a game where it's tight as it is, and on a play where it looks like you have an absolute sure touchdown, and you just, and you extend the ball like that, you cannot do that. You cannot do that in a game like that. You lost your team sure points from that. Like, from just keeping that ball safe, like, your team could have won that game. Like, that was an absolute huge swing play for you. You cannot do that. Like that. Those are the kind of plays that will get you benched. And also, that taunting penalty, like, just absolutely awful. Just clown-like stuff. So, Zay Flowers, for your taunting penalty, for your post-game comments, and for outstretching the ball and losing your team points, you are the clown of the week. And now we go into the Mark My Words recap for the NFL regular season. So at this point in the year, we like to go back, look at all our wildest takes of the year, and see how they look now at the end of the season. So going back all the way to week one is my first Mark My Words of the year. It's a very good job by you on that one. As much as I wanted to argue with you about this one all year, we did have quite a back and forth about this one. Congrats to you on getting that right, that one right, even if I think they didn't deserve it. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was kind of a double uh, thing for me because they got it right and they deserved it 100%. No, they did not deserve <laughs> you know, they it. Hung in there they did with not the deserve Bills, 10 wins. Third string quarterback. They did not hang in with the Bills at all. Oh, they hung in there. No. They hung in. You were not. scared. I was not you for a single scared. second. Well, look, I what I can say is... Mason Rudolph had more passing yards than Josh Allen. So <laughs> they hung in there. They hung in. So, yeah, Steelers, though, I, I think you should you should stop uh, doubting them. You know, this is Never. two years in a row now. Never. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see what they bring next year, but I, I'm very happy with my Steelers takes the last couple of years. Uh, and going out from there, we go to Scott's first Mark My Words of the Year, and that concerned the Buffalo Bills. Really, for all that's been said about the Bills this week after what happened, I, I want to say that I'm still a big believer in this team, and I feel like I need to come in with a mark my words to really staple that. Oh boy, here we go. Mark my words. The Buffalo Bills will still win the AFC East this season, and not only will they win this division, the Week 18 game versus the Miami Dolphins will not matter for the division because it will have already been finished. And this one, I have to say, I'll, I'll call this one a good one because they won the division, but uh, maybe not in the, as much confidence as you thought as uh, the Week 18 game did come down to the division there. I don't know if I can call this good because I was implying that like, they were going to run away with the division pretty much, and that never happened. Mm. Like, it, like it very well could have not even made the playoffs or... 
lost that division, but they swoop in at the end and get it. But the Week 18 game absolutely did matter quite a lot. Yeah, right, because they, <laughs> if they lost, like there was a chance that they couldn't have made the playoffs if some other things happened. Yes. When they when they started the game, they knew they were going to be in it. But going into Week 18, there was a chance they could miss the playoffs altogether. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I would say if you made that prediction, like when they were 6-6, six and six, I would say it's a good prediction. But since it was just like after Week 1, I, yeah, I would say like it's probably not the best one there. Not a bad one, but I'd say it's kind of okay. And uh, Next up, there there's another one by me from Week 1. Uh, and uh, we'll let the clip roll on that one as well. The 49ers are the top dog, and I'll throw a little mark my words in here right now. Mark my words. The San Francisco 49ers are the unquestioned top dogs in the NFC, and it will not be questioned again the rest of the year. And yeah, this one, uh, I think it, it all came back around. Niners, definitely top dogs. But uh, I, I think it was safe to say they were questioned for a good portion of the season. Yeah, right after that, they did have some questioning because that was right when they went on that losing streak right after that. Yeah. And losing to Cleveland and Minnesota. And, and uh, Cincinnati, too. Yeah, so they were, they were certainly questioned at that point. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but I think it became unquestioned again by the end of the year. But still, wrong. Yeah, we're going wrong on that one. And uh, this next one here uh, was oh so close. And yeah. we'll play that clip for you. People were really giving Sam Howells a lot of credit. And, but I'll, th- I'll throw Mark Marwitz anyway, just in case people still are. Here we mark go. my words that Sam Howell will be out as a quarterback by the end of the year, and nobody will be looking at him as a starting quarterback anymore. So you're saying he gets benched at some time during yes. this year? Yes. By the end of the season, he'll be looked at very poorly. And while it's one that may technically be wrong, it's technically right. This was. Because uh, Howell was uh, taken out. He was not starting quarterback anymore. There was a whole press conference about it. And he definitely is looked at very poorly. Well, yeah. So I think this is, this is actually wrong in fact. Because Sam Howell started every single game for the Commanders this year. So, But in, you know, if you add context to it, I think you did uh, get this one pretty correct. Because they, they fully intended on benching Howell. It was only because of the injury that he ended up starting all the games. And he just looked very bad uh, at the end of the year. Yeah, so. like people like were super high on Howell at this point in the year. It was just a few weeks in, and yeah. people it was like everybody was singing the praise of Howell, and I was just not on board with that whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think he could have a bounce back year next year for sure because I think he showed some good things. Um, but yeah, you, you absolutely nailed that one. I think. And from there, we go on to the next mark my words, which is also by Scott. Man, I have a lot. Involving, oh. yes, it's kind of a. I think this was kind of how it is was last year too. Yes, it was. But, yeah. but uh, this one involved the Minnesota Vikings wide receivers. I think that we are really due for a little something from Jordan Addison. And mark my words, I think Jordan Addison is going to very well take the place of Justin Jefferson while he's on injured reserve, and will be looked at very well afterwards. This one didn't quite turn out like I planned. I'd say this one's probably wrong. I mean, Addison didn't do poorly. He did all right. But I was thinking more of he was going to be viewed as a wide receiver one at the end of that. And that did not happen. Yeah, I quite liked this prediction when you made it because Addison has shown some really good things. But, yeah, when when Jefferson left that uh, roster for that amount of time, it just felt like there was a hole there that he was not able to fill. Right. 
And going on from there is my second Mark My Words of the year. And it was a kind of a double down on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, win's a win, okay? You're playing divisional teams. You got TJ Watt wreaking havoc. That's how they win games. So that's their formula. What did I just say earlier? It does not matter if you won or lost game. It's how you won or lost. <laughs> no, what matters is the win because wins get you into the playoff. And my mark, my words, was not the Steelers would look like the greatest team. My mark, my words, was that they win 10 games and win their division. And I still stand by that, damn it. I'm still standing by that mark, my words. I'm going to double down. Mark my words. Pittsburgh Steelers will win 10 games and win their division. As of week seven, I am saying this right now. Uh, all right. Well, you will mark it down. We will mark it down. And you know what? I'm changing my pick. I'm thinking the Steelers win this game. I have confidence. Look, I'm angry. How angry are they going to be? If I'm enraged, how mad is TJ Watt going to be? Is he going to wreak havoc on old Matt Stafford, decrepit, trying to throw in a cup? Yes, he is. Steelers all the way. And this one uh, was uh, right in the immediate as they ended up winning the next game against Matt Stafford and the Rams. But, of course, did not turn out well in the end. Yeah, a little similar to my Bills one, like where, where he did get right about the double-digit wins. That did come true, but the division yeah. was a little far out of reach for them. Yeah, and, uh, you know, still feeling a little butthurt about this one because I still truly believe that I would have been right if the several injuries didn't happen. Like, I, I talk about injuries getting in the way of a take. I made that prediction. Kenny Pickett proceeds to get hurt. Watson gets hurt. And Burrow gets hurt, leaving the, the door wide open for the Ravens to take that division. So, you know, alas, yeah, I'm still going to be salty about that one for a long time. Uh, he didn't even deserve to be. <laughs> so, is Pickett really making that much of a difference? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kenny. Oh, yeah. You're singing the praise of Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. but Pickett's going to make him win 14 games. Okay. Pickett, if Pickett was in, Steelers beat the Bills in the playoffs. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know that. I don't know. Yeah. Kenny Pickett is the man. Kenny the man. That's what you want to think. (laughs) I I think you may be the only one in the world with that opinion. Should I mark my words next year? Kenny Pickett MVP? Please. Please. (laughs) No, I'm not going to go that far. (laughs) All right. Moving on to the next couple of mark my words kind of intertwined here between me and Scott concerning the Baltimore Ravens. of teams in the AFC and none have separated themselves out yet well I do think there will be one that will don't do it or I, and I will do it don't do it mark my words the Baltimore Ravens will lock down the number one seed in the AFC oh. as their offense will continue to bloom not a great take there it's going to come back to bite you and uh, yeah so Look at the Ravens. The reason why the Jags have the number one, you know, have a good shot at it is their easy schedule. The Ravens do not have an easy schedule. Facing the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers all again, and also facing the Niners, Dolphins, and Jaguars as well. I know, bit of a ballsy take, but they think they've proven they can beat good teams. I think so as well, but at the same time, this is kind of the Ravens team we see of many years. Peaking during the the season, you can call them mid-season champs. And by the end of the year, not looking all that spectacular as the injuries start to pile up. So the Ravens, I just really, I don't really see much different about them this year than years past. I know they have the new offensive coordinator, but 
it just to me it just kind of seems like the same old Ravens that we've seen. I mean, Lamar Jackson's stats are not all that gaudy with only nine touchdowns on the year. Uh, so if, to me, this is just clearly a sign of, of, of Ravens about to go downhill here. So mark my words. The Ravens will not win this division. No matter what, they will not win this division. And if they lose this game to the Browns, mark my words, the Ravens will finish last in their division. Uh, very happy with myself in that one. Uh, so quite on the money there. Baltimore Ravens one seed. Very nice. And uh, on the other hand there... I was quite happy with yours as well. <laughs> yeah, you're just loving this, aren't you? Yeah. As, as the, the Browns did win that game, which, I mean, I wasn't too happy about that at the time, but that was able to make that whole prediction come true that uh, Baltimore did not, in fact, finish last in their division. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, I hate playing the injury card, um, but uh, as I mentioned last time, three quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks of your division opponents all go down. It's got to have something to do with it, you know, at least a little bit. At least a little bit. I still would never finish last. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never know. That's that's the thing. I mean, you never would have known. But, uh, yeah, definitely great prediction by you. Uh, this was at the point of the year where I was just – my hatred of the Ravens was sky high. It was almost like just in denial, just having them as my uh, – on the loser losing end of the underdog lock week after week and just wishing that they would collapse more than anything. Um, so yeah, that was a, maybe one of the best predictions we've had by you, though. I was, I will say. Yes, uh, quite happy with that. And going on to our next one here was concerning the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, mark my words. Oh no, these Steelers will not win more than three games the rest of the year. <laughs> that is, what a disrespectful sentiment. So like, look, who do they got? They're going to beat the Cardinals easily. They're going to beat the Patriots easily. That's two wins right there. Well, I think they they can lose a lot of games. Let's see who they play. The they, ba- they play the Bengals twice still. The Browns, split. Se- Seahawks, Ravens, and Colts. Steelers split like with the Bengals. They're not going to win more than three. Steelers do not get swept by division opponents. They're going to beat the Bengals at least once, probably at home. They're going to beat the Patriots. They're tanking. They're going to beat the Cardinals. Give me a break. Gonna beat the Colts. That's four right there. I could see him. I could see him running the. They have a better chance at running the table than winning only no, three games. No, that's ridiculous. They have a there's better. No, there's not a chance they could run the table. There's not, but there's not a chance they only lose three. They only win three. Oh, that's a good chance. No, a great no chance. Way. I, uh, you don't even no, believe that. Great. You don't even believe that. Five dollars. Yes, I, I believe it. Money yes. where your mouth is. Hundred dollars. Five. Let's do yes, five dollars. Okay. All right. We have a new bet this year. Five dollars. Okay. okay. You can't see, but we are now shaking hands. Five dollars. All right. On the Steelers. I'd say my bet it's the Steelers will win three games or less. So at four games or more for Robert. Okay. There we go. And uh, I came out the victor on this one. Seems like about the only thing I can get right here is the Steelers. Yeah, I, I thought I had that one in the bag after they lost to both the Patriots and the Cardinals there. It was looking quite good for me. Yeah, they lost all the games I thought they would win. So they, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit scared there for a while. But they pulled it out, as the Steelers always do. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Against all odds, right? And now going on to some of Scott's best predictions of the year. When it came time for a blowout, he was always there to predict it. And we got a little montage to highlight his success in this area.
the uh, playoff rematch between the Dallas Cowboys and the 49ers. Very, very tough decision who wins this game. I have the Niners winning in this one, and for me it wasn't tough. It was not tough? No. Wow, I, I considered it, but uh, I, I will go with the Niners as well. I, I do like the Niners. And for this one, I have a little mark my words. Right, mark my go. words. I think the Niners are going to win by double-digit points in this game. And with Tim Boyle at the helm, I think this game has the potential to be an absolute bloodbath. And so I'll throw it Mercers. Mark my words, I think the Dolphins are going to win by 20-plus points in this game. And then you have the Denver Broncos taking on the Detroit Lions. The Lions really have been suspect as of late. Last few weeks, not playing well. Broncos playing much better than they had at the beginning of the year. Who do you have winning this game? I have Detroit winning this one. And I will as well, but not feeling confident about it. No, I am. I feel confident in Detroit. Mark my words, Detroit win by double-digit points this week. All right. Well, I think the Ravens have now gone out and proven that they are the true top in the AFC, and we're going to put this, throw this out one more time this year. Mark my words, Ravens are going to win by 14-plus this week. And yeah, very impressive stuff, picking those blowout wins there. Thank you. Yeah, very nice stuff there, but then maybe not some nice stuff coming up from me, as uh, I just could not get the Browns off my mind. I don't think they're like super great contenders in the AFC. Well, I would disagree with that completely, and I am going to throw my hat in the mark my words ring here. So mark my words, the Cleveland Browns win out this year, and they win in the wild card round. And this actually ended up being pretty good on your part, where I was tending to argue with you a little bit about the Browns being good. Actually, we're quite good for a while, but you might have took us a little too far there. Yeah. Although I think they could have easily won the wild card round. They unfortunately did not. Yeah, I feel like uh, I have this kind of team every year. Last year it was the Chargers. And this year it was the Browns. And they both were the five seed. They both were facing the winner of the AFC South. And uh, both I both years I had them going to the Super Bowl and losing. And they lost in the first round. So, uh, yeah, this, the Browns were my uh, 2023 love affair and uh, did not work out just like the last one. But from there, we go on to a little bit better, uh, actually, no, the worst one here, <laughs> as we get into my prediction with uh, Jared Goff here. And another little prediction, mark my words, Jared Goff will not only score the last touchdown in this game, but it will be the game-winning touchdown for the Lions in this game. So at least the Lions won in that game, but the specific of Jared Goff scoring the last touchdown and to be the game winner did not come true. But uh, yeah, alas on that one, kind of a out there, mark my words. But uh, yeah, I think overall this was a quite a exciting season. I can't say that it was too successful, uh, at least on my part from these mark my words, but I think we both hit our highs and our lows this year. I would say so. <laughs> I think the Steelers and the Ravens, where kind of really the the AFC North was the the most interesting division for us this year. Steelers, Ravens, Browns, all just topic of conversation almost every single week. No, it definitely was a lot of fun was had with that division this year. Yeah, most interesting division award goes to AFC North for sure. Yes. 
And yeah, that will conclude this edition of the podcast next week. We look forward to predicting all that will happen in the Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. And we thank you all for listening to this podcast. We appreciate your viewership. Do feel free to like, follow, and subscribe. We are on all platforms. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And we are.